Welcome to Planners for the Planet. We are your hosts, Candice Tulsaram and Natalie Lowe, self-proclaimed eco-warriors, climate optimists, and passionate event professionals. Tune in as we talk to a wide variety of event and environmental professionals for practical information and inspiration on how to reduce your impact on the environment and become a more sustainable event professional. This podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest the information and expand your knowledge on climate action in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. And Liz, hello, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Planners for the Planet. Firstly, we want to say thank you to both of you for supporting our Earth Day event this year. It was very much appreciated. Um, Benoit Sauvage, or Ben, was at our TSEF Summit last year, and he was also really helpful for our February 8th Moonshot event. And we learned so much about all the great things SITE is doing to green the incentive travel industry. So I want to start off with Liz Aki. Tell us a bit about what you do and why you decided to get involved in the Site Sustainability Committee. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Candice and Natalie, for uh, for having me on today. Really, it's a delight to be here. And I basically, I've been involved in the, uh, the incentive industry for a number of years. I mean, definitely just about 25 plus years and been actively involved with site in, in various capacities. Um, and I really was excited to join the sustainability committee as just, I, I have to personally say I, I was affected recently by a um, show. I watched the, the sea spiracy and, um, and I think also recently with the um, just, just with COVID as well, all hitting all of us and, and just reflecting more and, and uh, thinking clearly more about, about our, our beautiful earth and, and um, what is becoming of it and just a lot of self-reflection to, to be honest. So um, yeah, I wanted, I wanted a new challenge and, and obviously wanting to, to be involved in, uh, in the sustainability to, to learn more and, and make, make a little difference and, and keep conversations going. Um, so yeah, so that's just a little bit in terms of what's, what, um, you know, how I became involved and, and, and to work with Liz Holtby, who's just epitome of an incredible professional in our industry. So wanted to work alongside her as well and meet others of like-minded, um, that, uh, are dedicated to, to sustainability. Thanks, Liz. Um, we've heard from a couple of different people that Seaspiracy has really affected them. And Candace and I had become aware of the, the, issue with aquaculture through Patagonia. And certainly it's a far bigger issue than a lot of us were ever aware of. And um, good for you for taking action on it. And I know we'll have to have a little Mama Earth love in. Because we have him- to. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. you, you inspired me. And just again, resource right there from our <laughs> conversations. You 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 introduced me to others. So we can talk about that down the road. But Absolutely. honestly, that was wonderful to, to, to have that, that, that note from you and guide me accordingly. Because as I say, it's a whole new journey. I'm newbie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're all newbies. We're just at different stages. And and it's it's been an interesting journey. And Liz H., I understand that you got voluntold to be chair of the Site Sustainability Committee, but um, you certainly embraced it. Um, your passion is evident. Talk to us a little bit about what you do and how you came to chair this committee. Thanks for having me and really nice to uh, to get to know you both. So um, 
yeah, this is an interesting journey uh, as far as sustainability goes. Uh, I'm part of the Site Canada um, board and I'm the incoming president for uh, 2021. And when we were sort of allocating all the different portfolios, um, I was just sort of said, you know what, Liz, we don't have a director for um, Site Sustainability Committee. Can you lead that? Um, sure. I'm always up for a challenge and it's my nature. I love um, innovation. I'm, I kind of have a, an entrepreneurial mindset and I thought, well, this is something different. And this is this kind of gets me out of my comfort zone. So I'm always wanting to I mean, we all are in this industry, learn something new. And uh, everybody is so uh, patient and um, willing to help you through the journey. So that's that's where I got involved. And, and I and I got um, exposed. It's all started last year for Site Education Day last fall that I led that committee. And as we were putting the programming together, uh, we came across an amazing um, student-led organization out of Wilfrid Laurier. And I watched their YouTube video and I was instantly sucked into how amazing not only the product is, but what they do for sustainability and also that um, the company I'm referring to is Earthbuds. And not only is their product amazing, but what really intrigued me, and it's one of the UNSGDs, is that they hire people uh, with learning disabilities. And I have a twin sister uh, with a learning disability and the fact that they embraced that and hired people into their, into their company um, I was instantly, I need to get on the sustainability bandwagon and see how I can make a difference. Yeah, the, the folks over at um, Ursuds have, uh, they were actually part of our summit last yeah, fall. Back in uh, October, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing yeah, organization. Yeah. 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 Um, we, we, we learned about them when we were planning the summit. And I believe one of, um, I think it was their VP of marketing, Matt, who was on our one of our panels. Yeah, uh, and they're they're great, so inspiring. And you mentioned students, and at TSEF, you know, a lot of what we do, we know we can't do alone. It's teamwork, it's collaboration, and students have always been an integral part from day one um, as volunteers, helping us put things together for the event, running a lot of the behind the scenes that a lot of people are probably not aware of. So we have a very special place here for interns and students from across a lot of the colleges and universities that we've worked with. So yeah, it's um, it's teamwork, but congrats on that role. That's an awesome opportunity for you, Liz. Mm -hmm. Now we understand that Site did an Earth Day pledge um, and we meant to pledge, we really did, but it was the week of our Earth Day event. And things were just a little bit busy. Nat keeps me quite busy. Um, so we were going to pledge, but we promised today on this episode that we're going to share our personal pledges with you. So for me, I will be embracing more of a minimalistic lifestyle. I am pledging to buy less things and use up what I have, make use of it till I can anymore, upcycle, um, because I'm... I just decluttered my house and let me tell you, it was an eye-opening experience and it's kind of when I came to that realization and I said, no, I can do better. I know I can do better and I will do better. So that's my pledge going forward um, is to live more of a less is more lifestyle and I know I can do it and hopefully I inspire some friends and family along the way to do the same. 
Um, and Natalie shared with me that hers is to go vegan for about six weeks. So she's been sending me text recipes of like all these delicious burgers that she's making that's all plant-based. And I may have to like f- venture off to the vegan bandwagon. I have to say. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to invite yourself over for uh, for for a day trip with the boys. <laughs> oh, hands down. That's so, guys, can you tell us a bit about the the idea behind that pledge? We'd love to hear examples of what some people pledged along the way, and also learn about what your personal pledges were. So, Lizzie, why don't you share yours with us first? Absolutely. I'll tell you what my personal pledge was. It was actually threefold. Um, First off, it was uh, to eat sustainably, know where my fish is coming from. Because again, going back to sea spiracy. So I'm having conversations, asking people where the fish is coming from, be it at the supermarket or, but uh, most most uh, importantly, Natalie uh, kindly introduced me to, to a company called Mama Earth and they have uh, Fisher Folk as one of their partners. And um, since she did introduce me to them, I've been ordering my fish from them. And I have to say it's the most delicious fish I've ever had. And um, so I just feel so good to to support them and know where it's coming from. And, um, and obviously um, they have their, their, their other products as well. So I've been ordering um, their, uh, the produce and, and um, so, um, so yeah, so first was to be eat sustainable uh, fish. And then secondly was to support local farmers, which, which um, I'm definitely doing, doing more. So, and then to do a, to do a, um, a beach cleanup as well. Um, oh, I'll be doing, I didn't, I couldn't do it on earth day. That was when we were in lockdown too. So it didn't, but I'll be doing that. And um, yeah, so I have to say I'm, I'm, I'm staying on track with, with just um, with the sustainable fish and asking and, and even with my partners, my uh, DMC and hotel partners, I'm, I'm asking now too, um, where, where we have, you know, where we have our, uh, where we supply, who our suppliers are for our fish as well. And are we look, working with, with local fishermen and are they, are they sustainable? Those fish in those, in that, you know, obviously in, in the time period are, it's, are we selecting the right fish, catching the right fish? And so just again, beginning the conversations with, with my partners more and more and, and what other initiatives we're doing, but it, it is more focused on, on intake of, of fish. Cause I'm, I'm taking baby steps. <laughs> so right, yeah, right somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Liz H, what about you? So, um, my pledge, um, I, we, I moved our family home after 15 years um, from into an urban location. And so what I pledged is that I would reduce my carbon footprint uh, by walking or riding my bike anywhere that can be reached within a one hour time frame by foot. So including grocery shopping, getting to appointments, visiting friends or running wow. home. Um, to also commit to a healthier lifestyle by jogging every morning, including some sort of exercise or outdoor routine three times per day. Uh, and I would say that I have done a very good job at, at sticking to my pledge. Um, I broke it one day uh, in the last four months or three and a half months. I broke it one day because it was absolutely pouring rain at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, and I tell you, it's funny. It just, I broke the pledge uh, one day about two weeks ago, and my family think I'm crazy because I get up and I, I go and I'm out the door by six. And I said, even though I got to sleep in because of the rain, I my whole day was off. Um, so it really solidified for me the importance of sticking to my pledge and the importance of just um, 
you know, stay on on routine. And I just, it's, it's been fabulous. And part of the reason I've done it is because, um, you know, we've moved, we're in an area where there's walking trails and it's all sort of a downtown scene, but it's, it's been absolutely amazing for me. And some of your pictures are beautiful too. Liz posts pictures in the morning. So she's inspiring (laughs) us to get out early and see those, those sunrises Uh, and... (laughs) Absolutely. You know, Liz, it's actually really interesting. When we first started um, learning more about sustainability, I was looking at how other areas were teaching sustainability. And there was an educator from Nassau who goes around the US teaching students. And one of her first things is just get outside, right? You can't appreciate or do the work for the planet if you aren't actually outside appreciating it. So you've made some great steps. And I think too, also through COVID, all of us have enjoyed nature more than any time in part of our lives. I think that we've all been so in touch because we have been forced to go out and, and really enjoy the simple, you know, the simple pleasures of the beautiful nature. Cause I think we've all seen such incredible photography from everyone yeah. that we've never done before in our backyard scene, you know, for example, the fall was just so stunning too, with all the fall colors yes. and the weather. We've been very blessed uh, here in Canada. Of with course, the just weather. to really slow down and appreciate what Absolutely. we're endangering. We yeah, sure have, exactly. We have slowed down and yeah, no, well, well said. It ties into, um, your pledge, which was the minimalistic lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think if we drive less and we walk more, Mm. um, it's just as Liz A just said, you know, it's, it's a simpler life. Um, You stop, you slow down and you're not having to rush to, to be there all like all the time. So it's, it's all tied together. It makes you realize what you need and don't need. And again, tying it back to COVID lessons, we couldn't go out shopping and I mean, Amazon, that was a big note for me. I just don't do that stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to order tons of crap I don't need on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Um, it forced me to reevaluate what it is I truly needed in, in my life. With- I think we've all simplified our lives so yeah. much, you know, yeah. with, with yeah. this time too. We just need we don't need a whole lot, you know? No. And you know, Liz H, my 50th birthday gift to myself was to give up my car. I just thought I, I work from home. I'm within walking distance, like 10 minutes to the bank, you know, 15 minutes to the post office, 20 minutes to the grocery store. Guess how often I was walking there? I wasn't. I'd hop in my car and I'd run down to the grocery store. And, you know, you're right. It just, um, it really, it slows you down and it just lets you get into a more comfortable rhythm. So kudos to you. I had read that in your, in your um, pre-show um, notes and I thought, good for you because we're, we're also all getting older. And as we get more comfortable in our our careers, we tend to sit more and move less. And so it's just a, a great, a great way. And, and it helps to kind of prioritize, start with those foundational things. And one of the things that we wanted to ask you about is what has site identified as being your keys to promoting more climate oriented activities and actions in incentive travel? So um, Liz, hey, I'll, I'll jump in if that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a little, uh, a little more challenging with this podcast, having two guests with the same name. <laughs> It'd be easier uh, if one of us referred to someone as Elizabeth instead of the two Liz's. But anyways, we'll, uh, we'll go, we'll continue on. So we last year, um, 
I think it was last year where Site Canada uh, started, um, you know, taking on sustainability. And so we developed a roadmap based on the, is it 17 um, UNSGDs? And so we picked four and those four are reduce waste as as one of them. So they're like four pillars for our roadmap, Mm -hmm. Um, reduce waste, education, fair trade products, and and CSR. Um, and and maybe what you're going to say, well, well, how do you execute that? And how do you go about um, implementing that? And so because I am quite new to the, you know, sustainability front, um, Site has an unbelievable, Site Canada and Site Global has an unbelievable amount of resources um, to be able to implement these and to be able to evaluate them. And um, I was actually, before the podcast, just referring to a document and that we had sent to Site Global that is um, very, very extensive. So what I would like to do uh, going forward is to take that document and, and um, make it a mandate between Liz and I and, and the rest of the committee members to say, how can we implement this document? How can we take some of these measurables and get them out there into um, corporate that that um, uh, that executor that have have meetings? And so yeah. I'm not being able to be super specific, but we have a roadmap, and now it's about carrying forth some of those um, deliverables. Absolutely, you, you know the fact that you've isolated some pillars is really key to us. When we first started TSEF, one of the things that we did shortly was create our own pillars, and and we do education, inspiration, collaboration, action, and you've kind of underlined that that whole action part is that you have to have the plan because without the plan, you're just you know, running around doing things. But once you put that plan into action, that's when you really start to to see changes happening. So well done. Well, well done. And it's, you know, it's not easy. You know, you're running an association, you've got multiple um, stakeholders, you're trying to keep people, you know, sort of focused, we've been under lockdown in a pandemic. Um, So congratulations on doing that during an exceptionally hard time. Liz, Aiki, we, we wanted to ask you, you represent a lot of great destinations and properties. And specifically, of course, I'm thinking of the Wicked Inish Inn, but oh. there are so many. Are there any projects or initiatives that any of your partners have done that really stand out to you? Well, actually, specifically the, the Wiccan Inish, uh, and actually Relay and Chateau as uh, overall as a, a company, and they call themselves a, a family of hotels. Um, they actually have 200 chefs that have committed to, to again, in keeping with um, going back to the fish, but in just just supporting um, local and dealing with local um, sustainable fish. That yeah. um, And so it's actually a pack they've made amongst um, 200 of the chefs around. Wow. Like this is global because they're a very global company. There's uh, 
So, and obviously dealing with, um, they've got a very loyal uh, clientele around the mm-hmm. world as well. So, um, so it was great to see them come together. So obviously Wiccan and Isham, our chef is on board with that as well. So, um, so they're pledged to, to, uh, to really just further educate and know that they are just um, preparing, um, you know, fish that's uh, sustainable local fish. And, um, and also they, they do a lot, obviously with all their local suppliers too on yeah. from, um, other, you know, um, vegetables yeah. to, yeah. to you name it. It's, it's very um, yeah. supporting because that's a lot of their pack with with uh, Reliant Chateau Overall is supporting your local local providers and, and yeah. providing the most incredible, you know, um, culinary experience. But but yes. uh, but we're sourcing as local as they can because it's we- a bit. We promise no big words, but I know Candace is dying to say regenerative agriculture. Regenerative, <laughs> okay. It's kind of my go-to thing. I love talking about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, and it's, and I'll say why it is, is because the event we did with Canada Beef in February of, Natalie, was that 2020? Yeah. I think it was February 2020. Yeah. was eye-opening to me because when Nat came to me and said, hey, we're going to do a an event about beef and I'm like huh did you realize we're sustainability planners right and so I was a little confused and then the event happened and I learned a ton including learning the term regenerative agriculture and what that meant and protecting the prairies and how you can you know for those who don't want to give up the beef the least you can do is ask the questions about where it's coming from like you mentioned before with the fish and the fisheries asking are they certified or what are the practices they employ just asking the question where your food is coming from is so important it really yeah. is yeah so, yeah i'm all passionate now about that and we also have a, a program where we're recycling all of our um again i know plastic is not um you know is is a bad word but um but we do have bottles right now uh plastic bottles i mean uh, we we might be um conforming to because i know many hotels are to the dispensers but right now we do have the plastic but we recycle those and, and give locally actually we just changed the the company um that we're our association we're we're um, partnering with in in victoria so it's um so they just they help the uh the um, less privileged and we, so we provide any excess of, of the bottles of um, shampoo and, and uh, conditioners and soaps. And um, so we recycle and, and give for leftover to, uh, to them. Um, so that, that's another one. So it's local, but um, I'm hoping they'll, they'll change to use more dispensers and less, less plastic as well. And, um, and then, yeah, with, with the, we've always actually at, at the Wiccan Inish, we've had, um, just the Brita containers and we've always had water. We, we really have not used water bottles as well from, I mean, boy, I've been working with them for almost 16 years from, from the get go, they yeah. started. And then you have obviously your water canister too, that, that you take it or with you. And, um, so they've done, they've done a really good job, uh, there. And then other resorts that I've worked with too, I've, I've been asking about the water stations, you know, down, I have a property down that I work with in Costa Rica. Um, and that that's a whole other obviously impressive destination that's that's embraced um i mean being the five percent biodiversity in the world right costa rica it um they lead the way and yeah uh, although victoria is now certified as a carbon neutral yeah yeah well you were at earth day but you know and actually antigonish um in in uh 
uh, on the eastern side New, has. Nova Scotia, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I was scared to say. I'm not sure if it's Nova Scotia or New Brunswick, but I think you're you're right, Liz. They were just, uh, they've actually gone carbon zero. So, you know, and, and that's going to spread out as Victoria makes those, yeah. those leaves, you know, then they can help places outside of them like the WIC. Thank you, Liz. Um, Liz H., I want to jump back to you for a quick second. And you mentioned before when speaking about the the roadmap for the Sustainability Committee, the four UNSCG goals, um, any other big overarching goals that you have for the committee this year that you'd like to share with us? So I wouldn't call them big overarching goals because last year, um, uh, it was started uh, to develop the roadmap. And then also to get a lot of forms um, in place to be able to evaluate all events. Um, now, given there weren't any physical in-person events, um, these forms were a little challenging to use when it came to virtual. Uh, but we are going to be using these forms when it comes to our own in-person events. And there, the forms are endless. And I need to um, dive into them because as you evaluate all the different um, questions that's asked on the forms, then there's a grade for it. Um, so we do have measurables in place to to evaluate events. But as I said, because I'm new at this, I really want to dig my teeth into it a little bit further. Um, one of the other things that we did is we've put, I know this sounds um you know, quite basic, but on the Site Canada webpage, we have a sustainability page now on the, on the Site Canada website. So that page was built uh, just, uh, let's say, within the last two months. Fantastic. And, and it has, um, you know, about once every three weeks, maybe once a month, we put a blog post that's written by one of the committee members, something that's really passionate to them. Um, we put our pledges up there. Uh, certain articles that we find that are relevant, we are putting up on the Site Canada sustainability um, sustainability page. So I really feel like we're we're getting momentum. Um, the one thing that I wanted to share is one of the blog posts that's going to be included in the next Site Canada newsletter is a blog post that was written one, by one of our committee members, Sonia Daru, and it was about the results of philanthropy are way beyond calculation. So it was about how to create a meaningful CSR event. And, uh, and if you don't mind, Sonia includes, uh, Sonia who wrote the article includes a story about how she engaged for the, for a particular CSR event in, in, um, in Panama. Uh, she engaged with the hotel's human resources department and a local orphanage that they supported. Um, she, she asked the hotel before she arrived if they would collect their decommissioned towels and bedding for the CSR project that they were um, undertaking. So she didn't actually give a quantity. So when she arrived at the hotel and she went into her actual hotel room, there was a massive mountain <laughs> of supplies of more towels and bedding than she could ever know what to do with. Wow. Uh, so she quickly found a home for all of it and was incredibly thankful for their kindness. But it taught her a good lesson to understand what your needs are and be clear about what you're asking for. Um, and, and really, it's all about the ask. So if, if you ask nine times out of 10, you will get. Yep. Yep. 
It, it speaks a lot to TSEF and what we have experienced since founding this site. I don't know if Nat will agree here, but we could not have done the events we've put on or even this podcast without the guests that we've met along the way and asking them, hey, you want to, well, most of the time it's Nat telling them to um, be a speaker on a panel or a, a keynote. But the result from that momentum is immeasurable. And I love what you said about um, understanding what you need and putting a measurement towards it. But the key in that is the action and the asking, right? That That's half the battle, one right there. Um, so Liz A, as a committee member, what do you hope to learn or experience as part of this team? And what has been your greatest learning so far? Wow, great, great, uh, great questions. Um, I actually, since I've come on, I've I've learned a lot actually from EarthSuds. So I was introduced to EarthSuds through through this committee and just obviously listening to to their story and and um, and their commitment, what they've done as, as a company and and these students, they were just so impressive just just to hear and and uh, understand. Um, just the whole journey with, with the Eurosuds and, and, uh, but also in terms of where I was saying to Liz, actually, what, what ideally I'd, I'd like to learn more is, is just hearing of others in our industry stories. Like for example, what Sonia just shared, but just sustainable stories of programs. I mean, obviously we said about the measurables and, and having, um, if, uh, cause there are designations and so forth for, for sustainability. Um, but, just actually hearing from from our clients of programs they've done, be it tree planting, um, doing the shark, you know, the shark tagging. I mean, ones just hearing the stories where they've had uh, a sustainability um, component um, to their programs, and and just having the stories of that because I think with that, that's gonna. Um, you know, be contagious in a way too, that just starting the conversations about just saying, oh, we did this here. And just, just to see the growth of that, of programs in front. And ideally I'd love every single, you know, Canadian program that's going to a destination around the world to incorporate something of a sustainability. And, and, um, and then for us leading the way to say, to ask the questions, are you, are you incorporating that in every program? program you're doing? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of, you know, if they, cause it's, it's some, I mean, some don't incorporate it at all, but to have that say it's it's a commitment part of your program. You you know really um, giving back and and again, there's so many different different areas you can as we as we know in in this this sustainability. It's it's a huge um, it's a whole huge opportunity um, and can be overwhelming. But yeah, um, yeah. but well, I think with the conversations and giving examples and then going back and seeing the impact, seeing these little impacts that you've had around, around the globe and, and gathering that data. So um, understanding, you know, um, be it the tree planting and then going back and, 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 in the areas and, and gathering that data. So that's sort of where I'm looking at. That's what's really having those little, you know, little impacts that will grow and grow and, and, and continuing the education and, and conversations with our industry. Yeah, you know, we did an event um, in February, actually, that we called the Moonshot. And it, it, Liz, it, it sort of speaks to that thing about planners want to understand, they want to hear the stories, but they're also like, tell me how to do it. Right? Like, don't give me the theory, tell me how to do it. And so in February, our Moonshot event um, that actually Benoit had helped the, the hybrid team with, we gave them a challenge. We gave them an event scenario and said, make it carbon neutral, um, make it carbon negative if you can, um, 
limit your use of offsets and make it real. And you have to do it with all pandemic restrictions in place. And I don't know, Candice, it, it blew me away. Yeah. Yeah, we, we uncovered a lot of aha moments while doing them. And we knew that going into, it's called a moonshot, right? So right. we knew we were going to learn a lot from this research both teams were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it was, oh my God, I can't wait to share this information. And some of it was, hold on, but why is it so hard to get the information? Mm, after? Right. And that's the part, you know, the light bulbs start going off in Natalie's head. She's like, aha, like there's where we need to work. That's an aspect of the industry where we need to work on getting the data from hotels and convention centers. Um, they really need, there's got to be some transparency there and collecting the data because, you know, what gets measured matters, especially when it comes to sustainability. Yeah. So true. Absolutely. Yeah. As you say, key just making it making it easier and guiding, right? Yeah. But but learning yeah. the long, you know, learning this along the way because there's uh, as you say, there's 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 so much opportunity, but I think it can be overwhelming. But if you have absolutely well, we need to have the planners and the suppliers in sync. Right. If one area gets out of sync with the other, the planners are asking for things that the suppliers don't have or the suppliers are offering things that the planners aren't asking for. And so, you know, I I was on this great webinar with the London School of Economics. They have this entire section of their school now. This is a school of economics that now has an entire area devoted to sustainability. It's called the Grantham Research Center. And they talked about the issue of supply and demand with sustainability and how that really needs to be in lockstep. And I think in our industry, we're so intertwined with our suppliers and our planners. That's going to be key to our our forward momentum. Thanks for joining us on part one of our interview with Side Canada's Liz Holpe and Liz Aki. Be sure to click on part two, where we've continued the conversation with these ladies. Thanks for joining and have a great day.